Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit ilabscbc.org. Well, good morning. God is good. You said God is good all the time. Can we do that again? God is good. All the time. Amen. The goodness of God is the very reason that we are here. The goodness of God is even though we are going through some very tough and difficult times, that's the reason that we can still feel like, no, we do still have still hope because of God is good all the time. I am so glad that you have tuned in our live streaming service. And I believe that God has a fresh and new words of hope and encouragement for you this morning. Now, we are in the middle of the series called, Who Do You Trust When Life Doesn't Make Sense? Let me ask this question. Who do you trust when life doesn't make sense? Anybody answer? God, right? I mean, so simple. Yeah, right? Why I started this series, even though we know the answer? Well, I hope that this series will be the great opportunity to look back on your life. I know you know from your knowledge and from your head, but have you been really living your life that way? When difficult things happen in your life, did you really trust God? Or you trust your own knowledge, your own possession, your own family, or your own job? I hope and pray that this series is a very series that you can ask God on his questions. Also, ask yourself about this question as I was going through, as I am going through difficult times in my life, have I been trusting God? Really? Am I trusting God right now? You know, we've been starting this series based on the studying of the book of Habakkuk or Habakkuk, whatever, wherever you came from, that you can just freely pronounce because I'm sure it doesn't matter because we'll never be able to pronounce perfectly in Hebrew, right? So it's okay. We're all wrong, but it makes sense. So I'll probably pronounce it Habakkuk. We have just started studying the book of Habakkuk. You know the book of Habakkuk is called a minor prophet, right? We talked about that. It's not because it's not as important as other books. No, it is important. But because of the size of the volume of this book, because it only has three chapters. But never ever let the size of this book and volume fool you. Because it only has the three chapters. Oh, it has this ample and deep and, 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 and wide spiritual knowledge and also wisdom that you can apply. And we can relate to this story, this book of Habakkuk, all the time as we are going through this very difficult time during this pandemic crisis. Um, you know, my grandfather passed away this past Thursday, and I will share a little bit more about his life journey toward the end of my sermon but, you know, one thing really stood out as we, all of our family, the family who are living in North America, you know, some of them are living in, of course, Boston, Louisiana, New York, Texas, Dallas, California, and Seattle. So we were able to have this Zoom prayer meeting last night, and, and it was just an amazing experience. And the one thing that my, my uncle, who was a pastor, said, it was really stood out to me. You know, and I think that this is actually worse than all this uh, time of war. 
You know, I mean, we experienced the time of war, civil war, the Korean war, Vietnamese war, but I think this, the pandemic crisis right now, is really worse than worse. Would you agree? You can't even go to see your own family, even though that your family, beloved family members are passed away. How many people actually died? How many people are struggling physically because of this pandemic crisis and COVID-19? It's worse than the world. We are going through the world right now. I want you to be mindful. And that's why this book of Habakkuk is so real to us. As I was studying and reading these three chapters over and over again, I feel like, Lord, I am. I am in the middle of this story right now. I am in the middle of this story. You know, the one thing that really stood out to me about this book of Habakkuk, the story about this prophet is somewhat very special and different from other books. Other prophet books, either minor or major because of their volume, they usually talk to people about God, right? But this book of Habakkuk is actually talked to God because of people, right? And usually the prophet is the one who will be delivering, declaring the word of God that is given from the Lord. On the other hand, this book of Habakkuk, this prophet Habakkuk is actually having personal, very honest, and in a conversation, spiritual dialogue, or even argument, crying out with God. That's why it's so special. You know, today, I want to talk about God's unfairness. Wow, I don't like to hear that. Because we know that God is always God of righteousness. God is God of just. There is no unfairness about God. But it doesn't matter because there are things that happen in our lives, right? That we feel, and we just put our question mark, really, Lord? From what I know and what I believe, that doesn't make any sense. You know, God, why is it that evil people, they seem to prosper, but it's all good people. All these bad things seem to happen to them. Why is it that I'm always working hard and I'm always honest at work? And look over there, that jerk. Why is he always getting promoted, even though he's not working as hard as me, and he's always trying to manipulate others, trying to steal others' accomplishments? Why is that? Why, God, is it that the person who gets all sorts of bad stuff, they live a long life? And God, why this honest and humble, genuine, faithful Christian father died of cancer? I say at the age of 45. God, how come people pray, and when they pray, you seem to answer to their prayer immediately. But whenever I pray, why you are always in silence? Why I don't get your answer immediately? How come that all these headaches going on and you don't take these headaches away? How come I'm battling with all this anxiety and depression? I know, God, that you could do more. You could do something. But why, why don't you do that? That's not fair. You ever thought about that? Anything happens in your life and you're trying to compare between what you can see and what you can understand from your knowledge and your eyes comparing to what you believe that is in your deep inside of your heart. When does not line up together, you always ask this question, why? Lord, I thought you are the God of fairness. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. And that's where this book, book of Habakkuk and prophet Habakkuk, begins. 
So with that all in our minds, let's jump right into this book, book of Habakkuk in chapter 1. And let's find out how he cried out to God and what God answers to that cries or prayers. Let's read the verse 2 on the screen. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. How long, Lord, must I cry out to you violence? But you do not save. Anyone ever been there? That really amazes me how this prophet Habakkuk begins his book, right? I mean, he's a servant of God. There should be certain proper introduction, right? At least begin by greeting or praising and worshiping God. Lord, I beseech you. You are an amazing God of sovereign. Oh, no, no, no. He didn't do that. He get right to the point. Why? Because he was mad. You know, why? Because he's frustrated with what is happening around his nation. And verse 3 even goes a little farther. Let's read all together. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails for the wicked having the righteousness and so that justice is perverted. Wow. That's the, can you believe that's the words that actually coming out of the prophets going directly to God? I don't think I've ever prayed this way. I mean, I pray, why, Lord? few times oh no i've never prayed this way you know he's praying like this look at lord what is happening whole world in our nation and around our nation there are destructions and violences around us there seems to be no laws there seems to be no justices wicked ones are being prospering by taking advantage of all this humble genuine and righteous one is this a word that you are designed is this a word that you hope to see what are you doing, God? What is going on and what is wrong with you? That's what prophet Habakkuk is saying. God, I'm praying and asking you for not my own sake, for the sake of your people. I don't think I'm asking you too much. But why don't you listen to my cries? Why don't you listen to my prayers? You ever felt that way? There are so much injustice. There are so much conflicts. There are so much evil things that is happening, even in our societies. As a pastor, I pray not very similar to what Habakkuk prayed, but I pray why this question, God, it doesn't make any sense. Are you sure that you are the God of righteous? Are you sure that you are the God of just? I pray that way. You know, as a minister, it's just a, such an amazing and blessings to bring people to Christ and help them to getting out of all their struggles and also teach them the living word that they can have something they can leave and carry on in their life. But on the other hand, as a minister, um, it's tough. It's tough to see that there are so many struggles and pains, even within our own congregations. Let me just give you a couple of examples that I had for the last seven years. You guys remember Manny Cabral, right? Great man of God, passed away a couple of years ago. He came here, I believe Portugal, um, for about 40 years ago. And as a father of immigrant family, you know, you have to work hard, right? 
He has been working as a janitor at Boston University for 40 years. There are times he had to work double shift, 12 hours a day. He works so hard because that's the only thing that he can do to support his own family members. Finally, was retired, enjoying his time with his family. He was always telling me that I have to leave pastor immediately after service because all my families are waiting for me with a great lunch. So that's a great time for him. But many of you know that that didn't last long because he was diagnosed of cancer. And I've been asking you guys to pray at that time, right? And there was one service. Um, as usual, I was asking you guys to pray and not even knowing that he was there and here in the sanctuary. Of course, his shapes, appearance are all changed. His all hairs are gone. He lost a lot of weight. And remember, that I just wept like a little baby. You know, and God did not grant him um, much longer life. I think that within a few months, um, he went to heaven. I remember that Sunday night, you know, I found myself and asking this question. Why, Lord? Why, Lord? He just started enjoying his life. Would you just grant a little more life so that he can enjoy? He literally sacrificed his whole life. For the family and for the sake of you, Lord, because he also served his church a lot. Why, Lord? Why? Another example that I had was with um, one of our members whom I actually baptized. It was the greatest joy as a pastor, right? To have someone receive Jesus Christ as their own Savior and then taught them and led them step by step. And finally, that person is to decide, I want to be baptized. That's a public proclamation of that person's inner faith. Greatest day. So I performed the baptism, and that person said, I'm ready to serve the Lord. And soon after, I found out um, she was diagnosed with cancer. I felt like, Lord, I don't get it. Look at this timing. Lord, it's not going to be true. I mean, think about that. You know, there is a sincere, sincere woman of Christ who finally received the baptism and wanted to serve the Lord. And cancer? That doesn't make any sense. You ever experienced that? Because that is what is happening to the prophet Habakkuk. Now, the fact that the prophet Habakkuk is mad and frustrated with God, that doesn't mean that he was poor in spirit or he no longer loved in love with God anymore. No, he was in full of the spirit. He had a very rich faith. And like so many people, however, he crushed his hat on into this faith wall. And that the things that he saw with his own eyes didn't line up with the things that he believed deep inside of his heart. It was a very difficult season for him. I know many of you are able to relate to this story, right? And some of you are in a very confusing season. You feel like you're on a train right now, and you are going through this dark, dark tunnel, right? I can't even see my own eyes that is, and my own hands that is before me. But do you know, even though you are in fear because you don't see anything, that is not the time to get up, right? No, the fact that you are in greatest fear in the midst of the darkness and going through the tunnel, no, that is not the time that you are getting off the train. That is not the time. And what you should do as you are going through that 
deep and dark tunnel, all you do is hang tight, right? Hang tight and put your faith upon the train operator. As you are going through the very difficult time, that is not the time that you get out of this, your faith. As you are going through a very difficult time, that is not the time that you are saying, you know what? I'm out of here. You know, I'm done with all this Christian and Jesus stuff. No, at least you hang tight until your operator, that is our Lord Jesus Christ, to take you out of that darkness, out of that channel. I know many of you are also struggling all because of what is happening about your life. And especially you don't get it when God seems to be really in silence, right? You pray, you pray, and pray, and there is no answer. God seems to be so silent. Because I, many people came to me and saying, the pastor, I've been praying over and over and over, and God never seemed to answer. God has been always in silence. Do you guys know? Let me just give you one analogy. Have you ever noticed that if you are in a sitting, if you are sitting in an exam room, if you are sitting in a test, you know, that's not where the when the teacher is talking, right? Think about that. You are in a testing and exam room right now. That's not the teacher is talking. As you can see on this image, teacher is always looking at you and then guiding you, but with his mouth shut, right? Or being quiet and being in silence. Many of us were trying to get this answer sheet. If you, and when you are in the midst of those testing season. Remember, God has given you all the answers of your test. You know, where to study before, like the good teacher always does. And as you are going through a difficult time, I want you to be aware that is your, the time of taking exam. Amen? That is a time of test. And God tend to be in silent during your test, but hoping and praying like all of our teachers do, hoping and praying that you are going to pass that exam. But the fact that that teacher is silent, that doesn't mean that the teacher is not there, right? Teacher is always there. Same thing that we can apply to our life. Even though that we feel like we are stuck in this season, that God seems to be so silent. That is your season of testing, and God is there for you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you forever and ever. That's why the book of Jehovah, the book of Joshua said three times at the beginning, be strong and courageous. Why? Because I am with you. I might be in silent. I might not give you the immediate answer, but that doesn't mean I'm not there. I am walking with you. I am watching you, and I am protecting you and guiding you. I'm hoping that you will be able to pass the exam so that your faith is going to grow through that trial. You know, the couple of things that we can actually learn from this even first paragraph, um, from verse 1 through verse 4, um, about how we should do as we are going through difficult times, as we believe that God is unfair, as we think that the things that we see with our bare eyes doesn't line up with the things that we believe deep inside of our heart. Let me just quickly share with you very quick two lessons. I think the first things... The prophet Habakkuk is showing us here the connecting with God through constant and especially honest prayers is always, always important. 
As you are going through a very difficult time, make sure that you are trying to stay and connect with God. Not always this, oh, great word, Lord, you are amazing, God. I beseech you. I praise you. You are the God of glory. You don't have to say that because your heart is not there. Amen. As you are going through a very difficult time, you just want to jump right into the you know, point and talk to God, argue with God and crying out to God. C.S. Lewis once said this that I quote about our prayer life. For most of us, the prayer in Gethsemane is the only model. Removing mountains can wait. Did you understand what he said? He says that for most of our circumstances, the, the top and pride of our prayer life is this one model that Jesus Christ has shown us in the Garden of Gethsemane. Removing mountains, you have a faith and you pray, you can actually take and throw this mountain into the sea, that can wait. That will happen, but that's not your priority. C.S. Lewis actually talking about the importance of honest prayer. I mean, great example is our Lord Jesus Christ, right? The day before that he was crucified, he went to this garden of Gethsemane and he was praying Remember, he was a full in divine and divinity and also full in humanity. So he's kind of have all this divine and human sense. But despite that, he was starting to pray to God. Because the submission that God has before him, God has given to him, and seems too, too big to bear. What did he say? Lord, please take this cup away from me. I'm sure he didn't say it this way, right? He was crying out. The, the Luke's gospel version said he was crying out to the point, oh, this sweat become like blood. You ever pray that way? Jesus was having this earnest prayer with God. I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to ever just imagine Jesus Christ was gently lying down and just with this very mild voice, and Lord, please take this cup away from me. But that, not my will, but your soul. No. He was just crying out. Crying out. As if immediately after that crying, you probably pass out. That's the importance of the, the prayer life. How many of you have been praying that way? How many of you have been really praying honestly to God? Not just honestly asking what you want to receive from God. No. How many of you really share your feeling? Your troubles, your, 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 your lack of understanding, or the, the things that you won't be able to understand. You know, the things that, oh God, that doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't do that. What Prophet Habakkuk is telling us is it's okay to confront God with your honest but genuine and humble prayers. Sometimes you have to do that. The second point, I believe the Habakkuk is also showing us here um, about um, as we are going through a difficult time and then things doesn't make any sense to our eyes. And it's this. He's showing us that questioning God could become a significant part of our faith journey. We should not be afraid of questioning God, right? We should not be afraid of questioning the Bible, a lot of people believe that, oh, this is the word of God. No, I should not defile. I have to believe line by line and word by word. Wrong. That's when you are getting into this traditional, charismatic, um, you know, wrong theology. 
right? A lot of people, I've, I've seen that. You know, in fact, that there was a wedding that I, I performed for um, Larry and Gladys. Um, you know, friends of our church has been faithfully coming. And I preached on the passage that is Ephesians chapter 5. Many of you know what it says in Ephesians chapter 5? Wives, submit to a husband as husband ahead of you. And a husband, love your wife. Oh, and I've, I've heard, I've seen some all, you know, very faithful, traditional Christians take that words out of context and use it. You see, I'm the boss. I'm the king. You listen to me, okay? You obey me. No, that's not what it says. Right before the text, it says, husband and wife submit each other out of the reverence of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this passage, Ephesians chapter 5, is actually talking about from the poorest perspective between relationship our Lord Jesus Christ and us as a church. You see that? Don't ever believe the word as it is written. Don't ever just receive that things happen, that Lord, that you somehow is going to happen. That's okay. It's okay. As long as you have your faith that is in line with God, it's okay to ask difficult questions. It's okay to ask these very troublesome questions. It's okay to confronting God with those questions because it will be helping you to mending and also growing in your spiritual journey. In fact, I'm going to preach that same message and the same passage to another wedding that I'm going to perform in three weeks. That's actually Jamie. Or you guys remember Jamie? Our man's group is going to get married and in Brookline Park. And now he's back from Connecticut here in Massachusetts. I believe he has no reason, no excuses, not being able to come in to our church back. I told him that's one reason. I don't want any other room. Okay, no. I want you to come back to the church. <laughs> oh, he will be able to come back. But you see that? This, this prophet Habakkuk is a great example. As we are going through difficult times, and as we think that, Lord... You're not fair. That doesn't make any sense. It's okay to communicate with God through these honest prayers. It's okay to question God with these difficult questions because as you are struggling with that, your faith is going to be growing more. I've seen a lot of uh, traditional pastors and as if they pretending they know, they knew everything. No, that is wrong starting. I never... When that point, I always telling you guys, I don't know everything. There are so many things that I have no idea. I can't even comprehend. I can't even begin to comprehend. But I know the fact that God is in charge. I know the fact that there is the promises of God. I know the fact that God is loving us and taking us. There is a providence of God. So I believe the promise of God. I believe the God's righteousness, even though I don't understand. That's the prophet Habakkuk's prayer and crying out part. Now, what's amazing in our text is that God gave him an answer. Wow, right? You prayed, God gave you an answer. What an amazing moment. But the God's answer is not what Prophet Habakkuk wanted to hear. So let's look at God's answer and in verse 5. Let's read it all together. Look at the nations and watch and be Utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. Wow. I love, I love this line right here. Look at it and watch, and then you are going to be 
excuse me using this phrase, oh, you are going to be just shocked in great awe, for I'm going to do something in your days that you are not going to be believe. So in Prophet Habakkuk's mind, I feel like, wow, here comes God's prophecy. Here comes God's miracle. And of course, answer from God is not the one that he wanted to hear. Here comes um, verse 6. Um, I am raising up the Babylons and that Luthlith and imputous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. In verse 7 and 9, let's read it all together. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a low to themselves and to promote their own honor. Verse 9, they all come intent on violence. Their whores advance like the desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. Wow. Here's a story. God says, Habakkuk, here's my answer. Your peoples are kind of bad, but there are much worse you know, people called the Babylonian. I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them to destroy your nation. And I'm sure the Habakkuk's response was, huh? You sure about that? I'm sure he was in great surprise. Think about that. You know, if you are probably punished or judged by someone who's better than you, Probably you will take that, right? But they are much worse than you. They're barbarian. And you know, their ways of living is just, you can't even start even sharing and talking. And God is telling the prophet Habakkuk, no, 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 I'm going to use these people, the worst than your people, to destroy you. And his story speaks. That happened, right? And later on, about the 20 to 30 years later on, on five. 186, I believe, in B.C. That was the destruction of the southern Israel and Judah. That was also destruction of God's temple that was built by King Solomon, the first temple. Let me ask you this question. What did you do? You know, when you pray persistently, you know, when you pray without ceasing, then finally receive this answer from God. But the answer is not the one that you wanted to hear. You ever had that before in your life? I think the great example is Apostle Paul. You know, Apostle Paul, you know, he prayed three times because he had his own physical suffering. It said, thrown in my flesh. He prayed three times. But what was the answer from God? My, gracious is, my grace is sufficient for you. I am strong in the middle of your weakness or when you are and witness. God says, you know what? My answer, here it comes. No. I'm sure that Paul had a lot of greatest reason. Look at this, God. Work that I did. Impact that I made. You know, churches that I planted. Just grant me a few more years. Can you just grant me the little better health condition? I can go to preach. I can go to the other parts. And I've never been there to plant a church. I can do that, Lord. I can deliver the gospel to all world if you allow me having this health. God says, no, that's not my way. What did you do? What would you do when you earnestly and sincerely, persistently praying? The answer of God is the one that you, like, you don't like to hear. By the way, when you pray that God always answers, Amen. I don't want to hear from anybody that, oh, you know what? God never answered. No, God always answered. God always listened to your prayers. 
God always, 100% answers your prayers. Answers are sometimes, of course, yes. I'll do that. The way you pray. Or no. No, 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 no. I don't do that way. Or wait. I'm going to be in silence because you are still in the testing season right now. Or I want you to grow up. Grow up. There are so many different kinds of answers, but God answers to our prayers always. But the problem is when God is in silence or when God answers to us the way that we didn't want to hear, how do we do? I think the great example that we just talked about from the Paul, Paul somehow pray. So I guess there is constant and persistent prayer until that you hear, until you feel like by the Holy Spirit, okay, this is the answer of God. You pray constantly, persistently pray until they hear that answer. But when you hear that answer, the answer is not the one that you wanted to hear, then somehow you have to embrace it by acknowledging that God's way is greater than my ways. God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. In other words, you have to believe and receive the prayer uh, answer of God by faith. Actually, that is the whole theme of this book of Habakkuk. You know, book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4, says this, the righteous shall live by what? Faith. Exactly. That is one of the most amazing, amazing line that is in the Bible that was firstly actually quoted, that was first written here in the book of Habakkuk. It quoted three times. Book of Romans chapter 1 and 17. Book of Galatians chapter 3 verse 11 that was quoted twice by Paul. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. Same passage. It was all quoted from this line here. Book of Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Actually the second part of verse 4. The righteous shall live by faith. Get that? Does this Bible say that the righteous shall live by your own understanding? Yes or no? No. The righteous shall live by your own belonging and possession? No. The righteous shall live by your own knowledge or your own power, your own job, whatever that is? No. The righteous shall live by faith. What does that even mean? In our practical life. Let me finish my sermon by giving you a story about my grandpa. Many of you know, because I shared probably, you know, dozens, probably half dozens of times about his life, his faith, legacy, and journey that he has given to us and that he lived. It's just an amazing man of God. And he lived a long life until 100 and oh, between four and six. Because someone who lived that long, and you never know. <laughs> there are times you can just put in that birth certificate a different year, two years later. Okay? And that's all possible that time. But my grandfather was a great man of faith. He always lived his life by faith. He planted about five or six churches. He was the elder. He was not pastor. But he, what he did, he bought this land. He built a church. And he actually paid, hire or to find the pastor. And then pay for about two years. Until that he is able to settle down. And then make this revival of this church. I mean, to bring this church growing. He did that for about six churches. He also helped with so many other churches. He gave so many scholarships to the seminarians. Countless, because his business was doing well. He was really wealthy man before I was born. But he got involved in some business, and that didn't really work out the way he expected. And he got bankrupt. 
literally nothing. That's why he fled to the United States. Because my auntie, who lives in Vancouver right now, and she, she, she just got married and lived in California at that time. So 19, probably end of 70s and beginning of 80s, that's he fled here. Think about that. I mean, you use all your wealth to build the church, support the pastor, and the spread of the gospel. And what was the answer of God? He didn't protect you with one mistake you made. And as a result, all your wealth are thrown away. It's gone. So you had to fly to America as a visitor. That time it was actually possible. Visitor, now you are going to be out of status, and somehow you apply, you know, in the green card through your daughter later. So those time, I think that three or four years, they didn't have any, any benefits. I mean, there are times they didn't really have money. They walked by the grocery store and grabbed those, you know, the leftover, like, you know, cabbages or those, you know, vegetables. They grabbed them and just made a soup out of it. Life was very tough. My grandfather told me, I never lost my faith. I always know that God, somehow, he has a plan. There is a providence of God in my life. Toward the end of his life, he was always living his um, you know, great faithful life. His second home is my uncle's prayer, my uncle's church that time. They, including my grandmother, pray over hours, at least, you know, five to eight hours every day when they're getting on to the 80s. Um, about 10 years ago, and his health was really declining. So the only two of them can no longer leave and support each other. That's why my auntie, now living in Vancouver, took my grandma and grandpa into you know, one of the silver towns that my uncle owns. Um, it called the name of the actually silver town is called Amen. <laughs> Amen in Korean, so Amanida, Amen. Um, the very last moment, fast forward, um, his life in that silver town, because it's a Christian silver town, he was always leading the hymn Wednesday night. He was always preaching to those seniors. And he was literally being a minister there for the last, I think, the 15 years. And then the very last night, I think the night before, the Wednesday, when my auntie actually stepped out to get some fresh air, um, because she's always, she was always there, knowing that his health was declining, and she found out that he actually fell um, out of bed. So from that, that was, that's what happened on Wednesday. On Wednesday night, and that's when he firstly struggling physically. Until then, no pain at all. No struggles at all. He didn't even wear the diaper. He went to actually check his body on the old health check, I think, a week before. Doctor said every single organ are perfect. But that one fell and really made him uh, not being able to swallow. And he was in deep pain. And according to my auntie, he kept saying, and Lord, and Lord, and Lord, and nothing else. Just keep saying, Lord, and Lord, and Lord. And my auntie actually lied down on the same bed and looking at him. And when he, when she, sorry. When she starts singing the hymns, the favorite hymns of my father, my grandfather, that's when, you know, his pain was kind of relieved. And he didn't say anything about the Lord, oh my Lord, I'm in pain. And so that night, whole night, my auntie was keep singing hymns about the kingdom of God. 
until the very last moment. My father, who had a great life, who never complained anything about God. There are times and circumstances probably he didn't understand. What is happening? What is going on? Lord, everything that I did, everything that I saved and accumulated for you and for your glory. What's happening right now? You know, I'm out of status right now in the United States. I didn't have any income. I have to lie on my kids. You know, what is happening right now? He never, never, never complained. You see that? The man can be confront God with honest questions, but not being complaining. Because my grandpa knows God's plan is always greater than ours. His thought is always higher than I thought. And he just put his faith upon God. Righteous man shall live by faith. And that is the answer. And that's what the first chapter, entire book of Habakkuk is telling us. Many of you are going through these very difficult times. But I think that God, when you live your life, by faith, as a righteous man and woman, God will honor you. Make a long story short, you know, my auntie actually sharing the last night during our prayer meeting, you know, she was praying as she knew that his health was declining. She was praying, Lord, would you just take him before he's going to be struggling so long? You've seen a lot of people being meditated, medicated with all these morphines and not even actually sound in the spirit. No, he was very sound in spirit until the very moment he died. Just one day of little bit of pain with his age of 106 man. Can't you see the great example right there? If someone can live by faith, knowing and somehow believe that God's way is better and God's thought is higher and I don't believe it even though I don't understand what is happening around me even though I don't get it I feel like you are not fair but still there are moments that I'll probably ask you questions God there are moments I probably pray you through these honest prayers but the bottom line is I will praise you Lord I will live my life upon your word of God live my life through the faith and we'll find out in two weeks that's what prophet Habakkuk did that's what prophet, prophet Habakkuk did. He's actually ending this book by praising and worshiping God. Did the circumstance change? No. God still used those Babylonians, ruthless and you know, barbarians, and actually destroy and conquer their own nation. Knowing that, prophet Habakkuk was still, still praising and worshiping. I hope that you are going to be like our prophet Habakkuk. My goal as a minister is to follow the footsteps of my grandfather. I don't know if I could be able to do that, but I think the true answer is the righteous shall by faith. Even though there are times I'll be able to do that, I am blessed because I have a great example that I've heard, that I saw with my own eyes, that I witness. That's why I can at least try to do best to live my life by faith. May you do that the same way. May you look around and find people to um, admire and also look up to and just try to be like them. Because the life is difficult. We are at Ecclesia and the church. You can live your life as a Christian alone. We all need one another. May God bless you and let's pray. 
Our Father God, we come before you knowing, even though we are going through a very difficult time, even though the things that we never seem to be understanding, even that we are getting to the point that we say, Lord, it doesn't seem to fair. You sure you are the God of justice, you are the God of righteousness. We learn from the story of the prophet Habakkuk. Also learn from the story of my grandfather. Those you are walking their life. Live their life by faith of Lord Jesus Christ. Even though there are difficult times, they never fail. They may mistake, but they never fail. Even though they fall down, it is you, Lord, who are always walking and then guiding us and then lift us up, get back to your track. So may you continue to be walking our journey. Help us to really question you. There are times that we don't understand. Help us even pray with this honest prayer. That through those process, may our relationship be closer to you than our Abba Father. We pray for all in our Lord Jesus Christ's name. God's people said, Amen.